Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. Andrew brought good news to me. I could understand the Bible more the way he taught it. Jesus forgave you one time, and that's for everything. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today I'm into my final week of teaching verse by verse through the book of Proverbs. This is actually my 14th week. We've broken it into two-week segments, but we've been doing this for months now, and I tell you, this has been powerful. There are some awesome things in the book of Proverbs. They are uh, little gems of wisdom that God has imparted to us, and it's not about just spiritual things. It includes that, but it's practical things. And I tell you, there are so many people today that are having problems because they don't know the practical wisdom that is revealed through the book of Proverbs. So we've been studying on this for 14 weeks. We're now in Proverbs chapter 31, the last chapter. And on our program yesterday, I ended in Proverbs 31, 8. But Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 are joined together and so I want to go back and read verse 8, and then I'll make these comments. But in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 8, it says, Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. And again, if you were to go back to the first verse of uh, Proverbs chapter 31. This is the mother of the king telling her son how to uh, walk in wisdom and things to do. And this is, uh, I dealt with it on our program yesterday about we have a responsibility to defend the defenseless, those who cannot defend themselves. And this was the queen mother talking specifically to the king and saying that the king had a responsibility to defend those who were being taken advantage of, the poor and the needy. And so this applies not only to kings, but it applies to all of us, that we just have a responsibility. You know, there's a lot of people that over in, uh, I believe it's 2 Peter chapter 3, it talks about people who are denying the fact that there is a second coming of the Lord and that someday we're going to stand before the Lord. And it says, this they willingly are ignorant of. And it's talking about people who just refuse to see the signs of the time. But there's people that are willingly ignorant about the poor and the needy. They just don't want to see these things. It's uncomfortable for them to think about and they just somehow or another push these things out of their mind. You know, I'm, I can uh, remember uh, Louis XIV in France and uh, Marie Antoinette. I've been to the uh, Palace of Versailles, and I mean, it was opulent. I've been through there, and they literally, Marie Antoinette, there's a place that you walk to out of the uh, Palace of Versailles, and you walk just a short walk away, and Marie Antoinette actually made a village that she had her servants act as peasants and they had a little village and this was her make-believe of the way life was in France. The truth was that while they were living in this huge opulence, 
that France, the people were starving and dying, and it was dire straits, and that's the reason that eventually they revolted and took Louis and Louis the Fourteenth and Marie Antoinette, and they eventually wound up killing them and overthrew the government, and they went into the French Revolution, and it was a bloody time. But prior to that, rather than face the situation and face what was real, Marie Antoinette actually created this perfect little village where they weren't living in great luxury, but every hut was nice, everything was ordered properly. All of the people there had all of the food that they could need. They, they were, everything was just fine. It was her perfect little make-believe world the way that it was. And you know, I remember going and seeing that and thinking, how could a person be so deceived? But to a lesser degree, there's people today that do the exact same thing and just kind of bury their head in the sand and they don't realize that there's people suffering, that there's people in need. It's unpleasant for them to think about it and so they just develop their own little leave it to beaver world where everything is perfect and they deny the problems of other people. These verses are telling you that you can't do that. You have to open up your mouth. You have to stand in defense. We need to stand up for the things that are being done wrong, not only in this nation, but around the world. Now, I will admit that it's sometimes overwhelming. And when you see all of the problems, not just in our nation, but around the world, some people can just be overwhelmed and, and it can defeat you and depress you. You can't take responsibility for all the problems of the world, but you can do something. You can do what you can do. I'm reminded of a story where these starfish had walked washed up on the shore and a little kid was going and grabbing these starfish and throwing them by one by one back into the ocean and a man saw him doing it and he said what are you doing and he says I'm saving these starfish and he says there's millions of starfish right here that have washed up you can't save them all what difference does it make what little bit you do and that kid, he just picked up another starfish and he says it made a difference to that one. Then he picked up another one. It made a difference to that one. You may not be able to solve all the world's problems, but every one of us could do something. And these scriptures, Proverbs 31 verses 8 and 9 are saying that we have to open up our mouth and we have to stand in defense of people who are being abused and, and things that are happening wrong. And then in Proverbs chapter 31 verse 10, through the end of this chapter, it starts talking about a virtuous woman. And I tell you, this is powerful. There are some awesome, awesome things said right here. And again, the book of Proverbs is something that was written thousands of years ago, and some people think, well, what bearing could that have on my life? I believe that every one of us needs to look at what the Bible says is a virtuous woman. Because again, today it is so perverted we see our movies, our television stars, and all these people, and the people that are being lifted up as role models. Boy, it just grieves me. I'm not going to mention names, but I was watching a football game last night, and during the commercials, it would show these women who are the movers and the shakers of our day, the popular people who would sing and do this. And, I, and I'm saying this in love. I'm not angry at them. I'm just angry at the fact that our standards today are so perverted. But these women are perverts. I don't mean that in a condemning way that I hate them, but I hate their lifestyle. Everything they stand for is perverted. And yet, sad to say, even Christian 
young women are looking at this and thinking this is what we should glorify. These are the people that get on our magazine covers. These are the people who make the most money. Just whoever can do the most lewd, ungodly things, whoever can show the most flesh, those are the great people. No, we need a different standard. And sad to say, every Christian, not, I was going to say woman, but it's not just women, it's women and men. We need to have this standard of what a godly person is. You know what? There's some men that you are, you know, in the, uh, you're shopping for a wife. You're looking for a wife. And sad to say, there's a lot of people that are going to just bypass all of these things said right here. This ought to be something that when you go to looking for a wife, you ought to look at Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through the end of the chapter. And you ought to look at this as a standard. Is this the kind of person that I'm looking for? You know, my wife and I did a marriage seminar one time up in Estes Park, Colorado, and it was for a church, and the pastor of the church started by the first night. We had a banquet, and he asked everybody to go around and tell about how they got married, how they got together. And there was like 40-something couples there, and there was only one other couple besides Jamie and me, two couples out of 40-something couples, that meant in anything like a godly way. The vast majority of them, you know, I was in a bar, I got drunk, I woke up in the morning sleeping next to this woman and we decided we'd just live together and eventually we got saved and then got married. And I'm not condemning them and, you know, praise God that they found the Lord and got born again, but I'm saying that's how many people find their mate. If you're going to a bar, you know, if you're going to a bar, if you're going to a strip club, if you're going to some of these parties and stuff looking for a mate, you aren't going to find the virtuous woman there. Again, I know that some people, well, you're criticizing me. I'm just saying that you need to use your head for something besides a hat rack. You need to think. You need to be led by something beside your hormones. You need to use your brain. You know, eventually, all of these uh, looks are going to wear off. And someday, that person's not going to be the homecoming queen, and, and things are going to look different. For you ladies, someday that guy's not going to be the captain of the football team in this big hunk with the long, flowing, black, wavy hair. He may get bald. He may, his chest, you know, drop down into his drawers, the Chester drawers disease. And you get the Dunlop disease where your belly Dunlopped over your belt buckle. And if the only reason you married them wasn't because of these qualities, these virtues, but instead it's looks, then someday those things are going to change. If nothing else, when you get older, it's going to change. And all of a sudden people say, well, I just fell out of love. No, you fell out of lust. You don't marry a person for their physical attributes. Let me rephrase that. People do marry people because of their physical attributes, but that shouldn't be it. You don't marry a person for what they look like on the outside. You marry them for their godly traits. I tell you, that's, that's awesome. And this right here lists what the Bible calls a virtuous woman. So I'd like to encourage all the women, all of the men, everybody, especially young people, look at this as God's standard. This is God's description of what a virtuous woman should be. So it starts in verse 10 by saying, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. In other words, virtuous women are in short supply. There is a shortage of them. 
And this was true thousands of years ago. I believe it's just as true or even more true today that there are very few women who would measure up to all of the things that the Lord is talking about right here. This is not saying that it's impossible to find one. It's just saying who can find one. In other words, they're scarce and their price is far above rubies. Did you know that there are people that, man, they, they would go to great effort for money, for wealth. And yet when it comes to marriage, which is much more important than any of these other physical things, man, they just don't put much, much effort into it. They just try it. See how it goes. If that doesn't work, we'll get divorced and go get another one. Man, we ought to put a huge priority on a virtuous woman. You know, I live in the mountains of Colorado and we go four-wheeling and we take these roads that are dirt roads and I mean they're up at the mountains in thir over 13,000 feet elevation with 1,000 foot straight drop-offs and the effort that people went to put these roads in. They were wagon roads back in the 1800s, early 1900s for gold mining. I am just constantly amazed at how much effort they put into it for gold, for silver, and for things like that. And this is saying that a virtuous woman is worth more than anything money could buy. Man, if people had that attitude, if they put this priority on marriage, it would make a difference. You know, I didn't know a lot when I was a young kid. Man, I, it was later, it was 18 when I had my experience with the Lord, and then it was uh, when I was 19 and 20, I got sent to Vietnam and I really began to get into the Word of God and learn it. Prior to that time, I honestly didn't know a lot of Scripture, but the Baptist church that I was raised in, they got this point across to me, that the second most important decision I would ever make in my life outside of being born again was the person I was going to marry. That that could either make your life heaven on earth or hell on earth, and it was a huge decision. And I knew that God had called me into the ministry and I knew that I had to have somebody who was equally uh, yoked with me, joined with me, that shared my heart or it would just make my life miserable. So when it came to getting married, I guarantee you it was something that I prayed, I fasted about. This was a huge decision and I entered into it with fear and trembling because I realized the importance of it. And you know what? I praise God that I found a virtuous woman. I mean, God has blessed me. Jamie has been such a blessing. The Lord told me one time that there is not another woman on the planet that would have stuck with me through all the things I put them through. Anyway, I could spend a lot of time talking about that, but I can verify this, that a virtuous woman, a godly woman, her price is far above rubies. And so it begins to start talking about uh, some of the attributes of a virtuous woman. In verse 11, it says, The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. Man, that's, that's a powerful thing right here. You know, if you have a godly wife, and again, I don't want to limit this just to women. This goes both ways. You could, you could list these attributes here and talk about men too, but specifically the scripture is talking about women. That when you have a godly wife, the husband can safely trust in her. You can trust that that woman is going to stick with you. You know, uh, again, 
Uh, I live a godly life to the best of my ability. I have never gone out and committed adultery. I've been faithful to my wife. I've, you know, I am living for God the best that I can, but I can guarantee you, I am not the perfect husband. Jamie and I were just discussing some things last week that, you know, I was just praying after I talked to Jamie and I thought, oh God, man, I need to be a better husband. I am not the person that I need to be. I'm, I'm doing better, but I am not perfect by any means. I hadn't arrived, but praise God, I've left. And you know what? I trust in Jamie that she's going to stick with me, not because I am the perfect husband, but because she is a virtuous woman. And it gives me a security and a safety. You know, I travel a lot. And I'm gone sometimes two weeks, three weeks at a time. Sometimes Jamie goes with me, but not all of the times. And I've often thought that, you know, if somebody was to come up and say that, did you know what Jamie has done while you're gone and stuff like this? And if they started accusing Jamie of running around on me and having a relationship with somebody else or something like that, you know what, I'd just be able to immediately reject that because I know Jamie and I trust in her. She is a virtuous woman and I know that Jamie is not doing any of these things. And I know that there's some of you watching this program think, well, you can't be sure. All you're doing is reflecting your experience. You're showing your relationship, your past experience. But I can guarantee you, I know Jamie in the scriptural sense of the word. And I can guarantee you, Jamie is a virtuous woman and I can trust in her. Not just because I deserve it, because I'm doing everything and I know that she will love me and stick with me. It's because of her relationship with the Lord. It's because of the things that God has worked in her. And I tell you, that is priceless. That is far above the price of rubies, to have somebody that you can trust in. Somebody that you know that they have a relationship with God that even when you mess up and you don't deserve them to treat you right, they're still going to treat you right because of their relationship with God. Man, this is huge. And there are some of you watching this that, again, you may be thinking about marrying somebody and you're drawn because of just the physical looks, because of maybe they've got money or clout or connections or, you know, all of these natural carnal things and you aren't really placing a importance of value on these spiritual things. I can guarantee you, you could live a miserable life wondering about, is your mate faithful to you? Are they doing this? Are they doing things behind your back that you don't know about. Man, you find a virtuous woman, you can safely trust in her. It's not misplaced trust. It's a safe trust because of her virtue, because of her relationship with God, and you have no need of spoil. Man, you don't have to fear being spoiled. You don't have to fear being made a fool of because you've put tr trust in this person. Man, that's priceless. That's awesome. And you know what? There's some people watching this that you can't say this about your mate. There's no condemnation. You are where you are, but you can change. You can let God make you that faithful person, and that will inspire and motivate your mate to become the person they're supposed to be. One of the mistakes that people make often is to pray, Oh God, change my mate and make them this person. If that person... If your wife was living with a person who treated her like a queen, she would tend to be one. If you would just do what God wants you to do and take care of yourself, I believe that that's one of the best things you can do to deal with your mate. So anyway, this is talking about safely trusting in your mate because of her virtue, because of her godly attitudes, because of what God's done in her life.
I tell you, if you aren't married and you're contemplating getting married, if you have a relationship with the Lord, you don't even need to consider anybody who's outside of the Lord. And even people who are born again, that doesn't mean that you should necessarily marry them. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And that applies in business, that applies in friendships, that applies in a lot of things, but it specifically applies in marriage. If you are truly born again, then the most important thing in your life should be God and your relationship with God. Now, that's not always the case, but that's the way that it should be. And if that was the case, if you are born again and if God is the most important thing in your life, how could you enter into a covenant and a relationship with a person who doesn't honor what you honor? You enter into a relationship with a person that doesn't even believe that there's a God, a person who isn't committed to God, who might mock God and mock the values that you have. This is a recipe for disaster. I'm telling you, you need to get a virtuous woman that you can trust her because she has godly qualities. You can see the work of God in her life and you ought not to marry a person that you can't share the most important thing in your life with, which is your relationship with God. Boy, these are huge, huge statements that I'm making. In verse 12, it goes on talking about this virtuous woman. It says, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Again, this isn't because the husband is the perfect person and he deserves it. This is talking about a godly person will treat a person correctly whether they deserve it or not. If you, you know, some people say marriage is a 50-50 proposition. I'll do my part, you do your part, and we'll get along just fine. But actually, it's more like a 100%, 100% proposition. You're supposed to love that mate, and they're supposed to love you even when you aren't worth loving. You know, when you're just casually in a relationship with the person, you might see only their good sides. They might be on their best behavior. But when you get married to a person, I guarantee you they're going to know everything about you. They are going to know your ups and downs, your mistakes, and all of these things. You know, we have people come up to us, and we've had some women come up to Jamie and say, what is it like to live with Andrew? <laughs> and boy, Jamie just wants to stick her finger down her throat and throw up. I mean, it, I've heard her say that exact same thing. And she's gotten to where she'll respond, well, it's just like Andrew getting to live with this great woman of God. But somehow or another, people get this attitude that, you know, I must somehow or another be this awesome person. Jamie knows me, and she knows all of my faults. She knows all of my weaknesses. And Jamie loves me not because I'm worth loving. She loves me because this is, God put us together. We were engaged to be married before we ever held hands. We have a commitment to God. We have a commitment to each other. We love each other even when we mess up and do things wrong, and we do things wrong. Jamie does things wrong. I do things wrong. If you are looking for a person who's going to love you because you're this beautiful person and because you're just awesome and stuff, your marriage is going to fall apart. And that's why so many people are ending in divorce because they aren't finding people that have virtue that will do them good and not evil all of the days of their life. Not just the good days, but even the bad days. All of the days of their life. This is a virtuous woman. This is the kind of people that we need to be looking for. 
I'm out of time today, but let me mention again that I have these materials. I have a USB in here that covers over 900 verses in the book of Proverbs that I've written footnotes on. We have a series of books that deal with all of this, and then we have CDs and DVDs. And we're nearing the end of this series, so please listen to our announcer and call or write today to receive these products. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how your partnership with Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College is renewing hearts through the power of the gospel. It seemed like Gerardo's life was over when he was found guilty of manslaughter and sent to prison. However, while in captivity, Gerardo discovered freedom like never before when he got a hold of Andrew's tapes and heard the truth of God's love. When I put faith in the, in the fact that Jesus died for me, uh, I felt the Spirit of God, something like hot oil poured down inside of me. This encounter with God changed Gerardo completely and put him on a path to freedom and victory, which led to his sentence being reduced significantly. Today, Gerardo is a successful business owner who frequently visits his old prison to share with others the message that changed his life. The greatest miracle I've seen is not the fact that I got out of prison, is how he changed me on the inside. To check out Gerardo's full grace encounter, visit awmi.net. We trust you're growing in wisdom as you study along with Andrew through the book of Proverbs. You can get the entire series that covers all 31 chapters of Proverbs in a CD or DVD album for a gift of any amount when you contact us. If you'd like to enhance your study, make sure to get a copy of Andrew's brand new hardcover book on Proverbs that includes all of his personal study notes and commentary on hundreds of verses. This book is available for a gift of any amount. Or if you prefer, you can get this book in the Proverbs gift set, which also includes a leather-bound journal as well as a pen so you can chronicle your journey as you study through Proverbs with Andrew. This Proverbs gift set is a limited time offer and is a great idea for friends or family. Order it today for only $65 while supplies last. If you'd like to receive all of Andrew's available resources on Proverbs, make sure to order the Proverbs package. This package has a catalog value of $235, but you can get it for just $199. Contact us to order the Proverbs package today. The 17th audio teaching in today's series is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide this 17th CD free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download many free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. I'd like to give you a special invitation to join me on April the 12th and the 13th for our David musical. I tell you, this is powerful. We had one performance of it at our dedication back in the month of November. It was spectacular. We are going to have two performances on the 12th 
and then again on the 13th of April. I know that Christian and musicals don't usually go together, but this is top drawer. It will minister to you, and it's a great way to share the gospel with some people that might not come to something else. It's going to be at our facility in Woodland Park, Colorado, April the 12th and 13th. Check it out. The David Musical. You can go to awmi.net for more information.